Welcome back, everybody, to Owning Your Authenticity. Um, so I just want to say, first of all, I so appreciate the response to me posting episodes again. I've loved your guys' feedback and your comments. Um, it's so great for, to hear from you and to hear your response to the things that I've been putting out there. Um, so I just really appreciate that. Um, keep it up, please. Like, send me those emails. Send me those messages. I love to hear from you guys. Um so this week, we're going to dive into mental and emotional safety and how to feel safe um, when those things are being threatened. Uh, and, you know, so often the conversation around safety is all about physical safety, especially for women. Um, you know, we, you know, I, I don't know a single woman who hasn't walked through a parking lot with her keys in between her fingers in case she has to defend herself. Um, we are constantly on the lookout and on guard for physical harm because it happens so often, but I don't think there's enough conversation around mental safety and emotional safety. And so, um, we're going to talk about that today and like when those things are threatened and, you know, recognizing those and then understanding what we can do to keep ourselves safe in those spaces. Um, so I'm, I'm, it's going to be a little bit of a heavier conversation today, I think, but uh, I think it's important, especially, you know, in, in this season and this time, it's important to understand you know, what we need for ourselves um, and and the ways to do it, like tangible ways to actually keep ourselves safe. Um, so I, I'm excited that you're back. I'm excited to share this with you. And uh, it's going to be a great conversation. So let's go. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Owning Your Authenticity with me, Diana Terry. This podcast is all about breaking down the stereotypes we were raised with to create our real authentic life. We talk about every kind of relationship, life and business, creating worthy routines, setting boundaries, and leaning into that little voice that says, you are meant for more. If you've checked off all the boxes of what you were supposed to do, and you still feel like it's not right or not enough, then this podcast is for you. I know that your time is super valuable, so thank you for joining me, and let's get started. Okay, so how to feel emotionally and mentally safe. So I want to start with like why this came up. We um, at least came up in my mind. Um, you know, I have someone that is in my immediate family that has been removed from my life. And when I had to explain it to my children, I said, I am not safe around this person. And they were confused because one, I mean, like I could defend myself. I'm, you know, I'm scrappy or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I'm not like afraid to defend myself, but they were confused because they they assumed that when I said I'm not safe around this person, that I was physically unsafe. And they were confused because if, if you knew this person, you would understand that that's not really a thing. Like, <laughs> you know, I could physically defend myself against this person if they were trying to physically harm me. Um, but that's not what I meant. And I said, you know what, honey, like, no, like this person would never hit me. This person would never attack me. Um, that's, that's not what mommy's talking about. Mommy's talking about the fact that like my heart and my mind aren't safe here. My heart and my mind are not safe in the presence of this person. When this person has access to me, 
I am unsafe. And so she, my daughter more asked me like, well, what do you mean by that? And I said, you know what, when I, when I set a boundary, when I tell them I'm uncomfortable with this, they don't listen. And so when, when boundaries that make you uncomfortable, like when someone crosses that boundary that makes you uncomfortable, that's not safe. It's not safe. Like, I don't feel safe. I don't feel like I'm heard. I don't feel like I'm seen. I'm not understood. I'm not respected. And all of those things hurt me every single time I'm around this person. And so, you know, after, and I'm talking decades, people, this was not like a light decision. After decades of trying to communicate, setting boundaries, opening up my soul to explain why this hurts so bad. When you do this, it makes me feel this. You know, I've been through therapy. I'm in therapy, first of all. Hands up, raised to you. Like, I think everyone should be in therapy. I'm just going to put that out there. Therapy is not a shameful thing. It doesn't mean you're fucked up. Therapy means that you invest in being your best self. And that's like it. That's it. Um, so after decades of setting boundaries, of having these conversations, I finally got to the point, and a lot of it was that I didn't think I was allowed to set a barricade with someone who's family. I didn't think I was allowed to remove someone's access, revoke someone's access to me. I didn't understand that that was within my power and within my strength. Um, so I've had to do so. I've, I've had to do this. And so, um, not that I'm like just advocating for removing anybody who bothers you, but, uh, you know, when a barricade is necessary, it's necessary. Like that's not, you don't have to apologize for it. If you've, if you've gotten to the point where you just know that this person being in your life is more detrimental than good, you're allowed to do that. It's just, it's just part of life. So, um, so again, I was explaining to my daughter that, Safety is not always physical. And that was new information to her. And I i mean, maybe it's new information to you too. I don't know. I mean, it was new information to me. And I was, you know, in my 30s. So I'm, I'm hoping you already know this. If not, then I'm here to tell you <laughs> that your mental and emotional safety are just as important and valuable as your physical safety. Um. So when I, when I understood that, I started to figure out ways to keep myself safe. Um, and, and, you know, when, when people talk about, oh, you know, you got to keep yourself safe in a physical sense, you go to a kickboxing class, you take a self-defense class, you carry pepper spray, you, um, like a few episodes ago, I interviewed my aunt who is a martial artist, black belt, and she taught me at a very young age how if someone tries to grab me, how to hurt them enough to get away, physical safety, how to keep myself physically safe. Um, but no one ever really taught me how to keep myself mentally safe or emotionally safe. So, um, I'm going to teach you guys something that we can do, um, kind of like a workout for your heart and your mind. So one thing I want you to think about is that um, this this process of, of strengthening your mental and emotional safety, uh, it works simultaneously. So it's like, you know, when, when someone says, oh, I'm, I'm struggling financially, like the first step is like, okay, you need to find a way to make a little more money 
tip the scale up in that way. But then you also need to find a way to save more money. So you like spend less on Starbucks while you increase your income. So if you if you saved $250 a month by not going to Starbucks, which is very easy to do, depending on how often you go, and you made another $250 a month doing Uber once a weekend or one weekend a month, you now have a, a surplus of 500 because you're not spending 250 and you're increasing 250 so that that increases 500 a month into your your financial situation. So we're going to do kind of the same thing. I want you to picture like that scale and we want to balance it out. We want to balance strengthening yourself with um, increasing those boundaries. And that's those are the two things that we're going to balance that if we you know, revoke some of the access and revoke some of their ability to hurt us while we strengthen our resolve and strengthen our, our personal understanding and our, our, our knowing who we are at the same time, we're going to raise up our, you know, our, our financial, your emotional wealth in this case. So, um, the first one we're going to talk about is your boundaries because you guys know, I love talking about boundaries because they are everything. Um, And I do want to remind you guys that boundaries are an investment in a relationship. They are not a F you. They are not a, I don't want you in my life. They're not a, you're an asshole, whatever. Boundaries are an investment in the relationship that you're setting them in. Boundaries are you saying, I still value this relationship enough to want you in my life. Therefore, I'm I'm going to set boundaries so that we can both happily enjoy this relationship. Um, so if you have not learned yet how to set healthy boundaries, like when to set them and how to set them, like the actual words to use and things like that, go back and listen to, um, I have a two-part episodes on setting boundaries. The first is like when to set boundaries. That's episode nine. And the second is how to set boundaries. That's episode 10. So if you have yet to um, go through that process, I definitely recommend going back and listening to those because they're really valuable. They give you like step by step. Hey, this is this is when you can do this. Like, And it also kind of gives you like a little bit of the validation that we need if we've never been taught that boundaries are good or important or how to do them. Sometimes we need validation when learning that and to, to understand that we're allowed to do that. So um, definitely go back and listen to episodes nine and 10. Um, so when setting your boundaries, you have to have a clear understanding of the protocol you're going to take when they aren't respected. And so usually if you're feeling a mentally or emotionally unsafe um, and you've already maybe set a boundary, it's because somebody is disrespecting that boundary and maybe you don't have a protocol or a, a, a response plan or tactic in place on how to handle that. You're like, okay, I did all the work. I figured out what was important to me. I set the boundary. I communicated it. And then they didn't respect it. And you're like, oh, well, shit. Now what? Like, what do I do? Do I just tell them the boundary again? Or like, what what do I do? So a couple things you can do. Um, first of all, if you have only verbally set this boundary, yes, it's important to have a conversation always important. Like you need to inform the person. Uh, I don't recommend um, 
doing the initial boundary setting over text because text or email can very easily be misinterpreted in like tone and context. It's difficult. But what I do recommend, especially with someone who maybe has previously disrespected your boundaries or not like taken you seriously, is to follow up the conversation with something in writing. And it's not a contract. You're not just being like, oh, by the way, here's the transcript of our conversation today. What you can say, like if, if you have that hard conversation, you know, send a text or an email and be like, I really appreciate you listening to me today when I was expressing to you how we can better our relationship. Um, you know, I, I understand that I set the boundaries around my time that I can no longer see you um, as, as consistently as we were before, but I'm excited to maybe, you know, spend those every other Saturday on a hike with you. Like you can put it in a conversational way and reinforce what you've decided was safe for you. And so if someone has disrespected your boundaries, um, it's important to reinforce that. So if, if, you know, if it's around time with a friend, I think I used this example in another episode where maybe, you know, you're in a relationship and then your, your best friend who's used to just having you to themselves, you know, constantly comes over or, or intrudes on date night or whatever. And you have to set boundaries around that time and be like, listen, I, I love you. I want to invest in our relationship. I'd love it if maybe we focused on like maybe we could have a besties hike every Saturday and on Tuesdays we could get coffee. It doesn't have to be so scheduled, but you know what I mean? Like you get the idea. Um, but, you know, reinforce it and in writing if need be. It can be conversational. It can be kind as long as it's clear. As long as, it's, as it says like, I, I appreciate that you hear me, that I can no longer allow A, B, and C to occur. However, I'm excited that we've come up with the solution of, you know, A, B, and C um, to engage and continue our relationship. And so um, if you then put it in writing and they still disrespect it, that's when you need to have a consequence. And <laughs> there, there's... There's so many videos on Instagram of people who it's all about boundaries where they're talking like, oh, someone got really, really mad at me when I set a boundary and then they disrespected it and then I told them about it. And you're like, oh, you mean a consequence, a consequence for an action. I think people forgot along the last couple of years or decades what a consequence was. The consequence is that the rules have clearly been laid out and you disrespected them and you and you didn't do things the way that you that were agreed upon. And now there's a consequence. And usually when it's around time, you know, you remove your time for a little while. Be like, you know what? I I'm I just can't spend time with you until I I feel like you can understand and respect my boundaries. Or I, you know, please don't text me late at night or I've told people before, like if you, because here's the thing, I, I set a boundary and then a barricade and, and I didn't want to block this person, their phone number from my phone. But people now with cell phones, I mean, I didn't grow up this way as a kid. We didn't have this, but they have the ability to enter your personal space at any time with a text message. Yes, you don't have to open it. I have a very curious mind, so I open them all. And that is to my own detriment. But people have access. They have access to putting their words and their feelings out in front of your face without you having a choice. Because it used to be that they had to show up at your house and tell you 
or they could write you a letter and then a week later you get it or whatever. But now they have the ability to, in in their fit of uh, being upset or hurt or wanting to hurt you or whatever, they can say whatever the hell they want over text and it comes straight to you, straight to your eyes and they know. So um, it's important for you to lay out what the consequences are. And I've had that part where I looked and I said, listen, we've set some very clear boundaries um, and this is what's allowed and this is what's not. And if you continue to disrespect those boundaries by texting me things that clearly violate our agreement on how we can um, communicate with each other, I will block your phone number. I'm letting you know. This is, I'm, and you can choose to give a warning. You can choose not to. It's up to you, whatever, whatever's right for you. But I put that out there and I'm like, listen, you don't get free reign to harass me about my boundaries just because you're upset. The answer is no. So unless you would like to be blocked and if need be, you know, take further action, then you need to have respect for those boundaries. So it's a consequence. For me, luckily that worked. I didn't have to block anybody. Um, but it's very important to set your boundaries in order to feel emotionally and mentally safe and then to hold on to them, to respect your boundaries fiercely and then expect other people to respect them as well. Um, and like I said, uh, it's important, even if you need to write it down for yourself, you don't have to like communicate the protocol. I know it sounds so clinical, but the A, B, and C, the action plan, whatever you want to call it of what happens if your boundaries are violated and disrespected. Um, Write it down for yourself. You don't have to like send them a handbook, an employee handbook, but write it down for yourself so that when it happens, if it happens, and it's inevitable that it will happen at some point, you can go through this process and know, like I set this here for my safety. These are safety protocols. Every business, OSHA, the safety and health whatever people they exist for safety and you have to do the same for yourself you have to be your own health and safety department for your mental and emotional safety um and then the second thing that we're going to do simultaneously while we're strengthening our boundaries while we're like holding steadfast and, and really leaning into knowing that these are safe knowing ourselves the best and adjusting them remember you can adjust your boundaries as need be um is to work out your strength and your resolve in yourself. Um, and there's there's a lot of ways th- that this can be done. And, you know, there's a million people out there that can teach you how to know yourself a little more, how to feel stronger in yourself, boost your confidence. Um, a million and a half ways, like I said. Here's just a few tips that I have um, that have worked for me. Uh, there's plenty of other things you can do, whatever makes you feel great. But this is what's worked for me. Um First of all, I had to really understand what it meant, like what makes me feel safe. I I didn't know, and that sounds so bizarre, but I felt so unsafe, even from, from a young childhood age, I have felt unsafe. I did not feel at home, even in the houses I grew up in. I have very rarely ever felt safe um, mentally and emotionally, not physically. I was never like physically, well, for a brief period. Marriage number one. We'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> but I really was never physically in danger, but I was from a young age very much emotionally and mentally unsafe. And so it took a lot of work as an adult for me to 
um, dive into like my heart, my mind, my memories, my, um, my resolve, like my, why am I here? My, why my being to understand what makes me feel safe. And, um, I'm reading the high five habit by Mel Robbins right now. And she talks a lot about like, scientifically, we understand that people have an innate need to feel seen, heard and understood. And so that was that was a great like that's a great basis for you to go off of if you've never felt heard you've never had a voice so maybe that's important to you um, learning to speak up learning to respect your voice a little more or like treat yourself as a um, what's the word that they always use you're an expert on yourself you what you say is is truth about yourself um, to feel seen. So if you've never been seen, whether it's professionally, like you've never been recognized for the work that you do or seen in your family, like no one listens to you or whatever it is, um, and then understood. So if we constantly feel misunderstood, then we're not being seen or heard. So those three things are a good basis for you to start. And, and, you know, I recommend using like a, a journaling process, whether you just sit there and be like, you know, what makes me feel seen? And then I like to always go back to the opposite. What makes me feel unseen? Like, when do I feel good? And when does it hurt? And that kind of helps you to create a a good baseline of um, what makes you feel mentally and emotionally strong and safe. So once you understand a little more about what makes you feel safe, um, then you can understand another one. And this is a big one for me. And that is feeling guilty. I, uh, growing up constantly was like, oh, well, you use guilt trips to control me and make me do things. And that was a very ass backwards way of thinking of it. It's, it's me being a victim and how dare you forced me. Nobody forced me to feel bad, but here's the thing. Like guilt is a, guilt is a you thing. And that's something that I learned from Mel Robbins. Guilt is a you thing. That is you and your brain. Your brain decides to tell your emotions that you feel bad because they are upset or you feel bad because they're sad. They didn't make you feel that way. That is your response to what they did. Yes. And now I'm not denying the fact that that when people learn this, they can either consciously or subconsciously use that to their advantage. So if they know that you feel guilty every time they they ask you why you don't spend time with them or why you never call or why you're you don't ask about their day they're gonna use that especially if it's a narcissist but that's a whole other conversation but if you constantly behave in a way where you show you show them like I feel guilty every time you say that great they now have a tool that they know they can use but when it comes down to it They're not making you feel guilty. You are feeling guilty because you are making space for their emotions and their responses in your heart and your mind. And that is your choice. And that really sucked to read, I'm not going to lie, because I so, for so, so long used the, oh, well, you just use guilt trips to make me do things. And it was a very hands-off, it couldn't have been my fault approach. Um, That does not take away from the fact that once, you know, that pattern was established yes that information was used on purpose to hurt but it is a choice um you do not have to hold space for their guilt 
or I'm sorry, you, that's your guilt. You do not have to hold space for their response to things. If they're upset, yes, they're going to be upset. You don't have to hold on to that. You don't have to make room for their feelings in your space. Um, that's just, I mean, that's a whole other podcast. Maybe I'll do an episode on that, like diving deep into that. But it's something to consider. Um, and then if you want to read a little bit more about that, you can find it in a chapter in The High Five Habit by Mel Robbins. Um, another thing you can do to uh, strengthen your mental resolve is to practice putting yourself first. Um, and this can be like little things like uh, if you're the mom that has, you know, four people and you get everyone else ready and then you get ready. And by the time you've gotten your kids ready and lunch is packed and your partner ready and everyone's at the door, you're like, I'm exhausted. I just spent two hours putting everyone else first. Maybe practice putting yourself first. Maybe get up 20 minutes early and shower in silence or have that cup of coffee. Like I now get up and I have a cup of coffee on our patio with our fire pit because it's chilly outside and I like to sit outside with my warm coffee. And that's, I put myself first. Yeah, I have to get up 20 minutes early to do it. But I feel so much better after I have that time for myself first. Um, and it, it really has provided me with a drastic shift in how my days go. When I wake up, like I wake up now, I meditate, I journal, I do my gratitude and I have my coffee long before I do anything for anybody else. And even Amanda, my partner, like we wake up very differently. And this is something that we had to realize in our relationship. She wakes up ready to go like do all the things. She wakes up and she's like, cool, I'm going to go study for two hours right now out of bed. And I'm like, great. I do not wake up that way. I wake up and I'm like, okay, I'm going to stretch. I'm going to take a few cleansing breaths. I'm going to meditate. Like I have to do all of these things before I have that conversation. So sometimes she'll wake up and she'll come in and be like, oh my God this is what we have to do today. Or like, oh my God, this, we have to talk about this. And this bill came in and we got to pay this or we, and I look at her and I'm like, okay, we can talk about that in a half hour. And sometimes she gets frustrated, but I'm like, listen, this is the start and the beginning to my entire day. And I cannot start it like running for the hills. I'm like, make a list of all the things you want to talk about. You will still be like gung ho to talk about them in 30 minutes, but so will I at that point. So I'm putting myself first in that in that regard. I know for a fact that in order for me to have a positive, productive day, I have to do these things to set myself up for success first. Um, and then another one is is practicing transitions. So um, transitions. When I what I mean by that is transitions to a safe space. So if you start to feel like if your fight or flight starts to kick in with your emotions in a conversation or um, in a, a, a situation, find find keywords or or things that you can say, and this it has a lot to do with boundary setting as well, that can kind of shift where you're at in that space and, and kind of like put up some blockers for you. So um, say I, I talked about this in my last episode, like boundaries, you know, at the holidays when someone tries to ask you about your personal life or even like at work, say someone starts to kind of ask a lot of personal questions, practice a transition, you know, say, oh, you know what? I'm really sorry. That topic's not really up for discussion with me. However, um, I did, you know, and then move to something that is a safe space for you. So say you started a new um, a hiking group on the weekends 
and you're like, oh, but, you know, I started this new group on the weekends. I'm really happy to share that with you because that's safe. So you've de- deemed that appropriate to share with people. Um, so transitions can really it's the simplest thing that like we weren't taught as kids that at, that you're allowed to say these things. So like, you know, we had this conversation with a friend last week of like no is a complete sentence. Like you can just say no and a period and like it's it's a whole sentence. The answer is no. You don't have to say no but or no because. You don't have to explain it. No is a complete sentence. And so is I'm uncomfortable with this topic. And so is oh, you know what, that's not really something I'm interested in in moving forward discussing. However, and that's where the transition comes. So no is a complete sentence. And then you can transition into something that you deem safe. So you get to kind of control the situation um, and feeling more and more powerful and stronger and resolve in those sentences or those moments where you make that shift um, can really boost how safe you feel in a space, a conversation, a a moment. And the last thing that I want to say about how to feel emotionally and mentally safe is to know when you're done. Like, it, it still baffles my mind. And I know that we just, I just grew up in a very different time. Like there was not this big personal development movement and, and it wasn't all talked about, but know when you're done and when you're done you're done like that's it you get to decide you put yourself first and say I am not okay with this this is this is too far I have tried to set boundaries I have explained that what's okay and what's not um, I I know what I'm comfortable with and I know what I'm not comfortable with because I've done the work to strengthen my own personal resolve and to know myself and when you're done you're done that's it you get to walk away, you get to separate, you get to do whatever you need to do to keep yourself safe. And that's it. There are no explanations needed. Because the thing is, if someone gets to this point in your life where you have to walk away and you are done and you're putting up a barricade, they already have the answer to why. The answer to why you are here is in the moments and moments and conversations and conversations and everything that led up to this moment. And it is up to them whether or not they invest in understanding that. It is not up to you to write a 10-page narrative and explain to them why they are being removed. That's it. Or why you're walking away. If you're at the point where you've been violated so many times and you felt unsafe and you've communicated it and you've told them like, hey, this is not okay. This is not okay. I've already explained this. I'm I'm confident in myself. You don't have to explain it anymore. If you're done, then you're done. It's validated. It is what it is. You get to protect yourself and you don't have to explain why. You can simply state, I've, I've put in the work to, um, you know, set boundaries that will keep this relationship safe and boundaries are no longer doing it and you're allowed to walk away so I just want you to know that like you're validated and if if you need someone to reach out to I mean honestly you can just message me (laughs) but um and this this episode got really heavy I warned you guys um not really heavy but 
I warned you guys that it was, you know, it's a lot. It's it's scary to stand up for your mental and emotional safety. Um, but I think it's a really, really important conversation to have because, you know, it's so it's so easy to talk about how to, you know, kick someone in the balls and run away if you need to or or whatever it is to physically defend yourself. But I don't think there's enough conversation around um, feeling mentally and emotionally safe. So I'd love to hear your feedback on this episode, Um, you know, whether it's other ways that you have found that you've kept yourself safe mentally and emotionally, um, or just your response to this. I would love to hear from you. You can um, message me on Instagram at Owning Your Authenticity, or you can send me a message through my website, owningyourauthenticity.com. And again, if, if you found value in this, or if you... If you have a friend that you think desperately needs to hear this, that deserves to hear this, uh, please share it with them or share it on social. Take a screenshot, tag me on Instagram. Um, And then if you want to support me in making more episodes, which I would so greatly appreciate because it is a small podcast, um, go on to Apple Podcasts and just uh, rate it five stars and, and throw in a little comment if you want. I'd really appreciate your support. Um, and I'm excited for next week because I will actually be having a guest on. Um, so follow me on Instagram because I'm going to announce who that is uh, later this week. But it's going to be a really great conversation. She's just an absolutely amazing human being. And I'm so excited to share her and um, her story and her her creativity with you. So uh, have a great week. I appreciate you showing up for this and I cannot wait to talk to you guys next week. Ciao.